Let's open our Bibles, please, the book of Genesis chapter 29. We've covered the first 28 chapters. I have a tendency to get bogged down. We're supposed to give you an overview of this, and I'll get bogged down with some details too much sometimes. And doing what I'm supposed to do, I'm supposed to hit it lightly. So you pray that I can learn to do that. I, I don't want to not uh, bring out some important truths, but still the purpose of it is to give you an overview. And doing that, you cannot give detail. If you do, well, you've not accomplished that other purpose. As I said once before, I taught this book of Genesis in 40 lessons, and uh, I'm trying to teach it in about 8 or 10, so you can see what we're up against to give you an overview of it. Genesis chapter 29, we have Jacob's life at Haran, and we have uh, what happened down there in Haran, and uh, we'll give you some uh, overview of that, I trust. In chapter 29, verse 1, it says, Then Jacob went on his journey and came into the land of the people of the east. And he looked, and behold, a well in the field, and lo, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well they watered the flocks. And a great stone was upon the well's mouth. And thither were all the flocks gathered, and they rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the sheep and put the stone again upon the well's mouth in his place. And Jacob said unto them, My brethren, whence be ye? And they said, Of Haran are we. And he said unto them, Know ye Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said unto them, Is uh, is he well? And they said, He is well. And behold, Rachel, his daughter, cometh with the sheep. And he said, Lord, is yet high day, neither is it time that the cattle should be gathered together. Water ye the sheep, and go and feed them. And they said, We cannot, until all the flocks be gathered together, until they roll the stone from the well's mouth, then we water the sheep. And while he yet spake with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. It came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And Jacob kissed Rachel and lift up his voice and wept. He was so happy to find her uh, that uh, God had, that he had determined to go there and find a wife of the of the family of uh, Laban. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's brother and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. And it came to pass when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob's uh, sister, uh, Jacob his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And he told Laban all these things. And Laban said unto him, Surely thou art my bone and my flesh. And he abode with him the space of a month. And Laban said unto Jacob, Because thou art my uh, brother, shouldest thou serve me for naught? Tell me what shall be thy wages, thy wages be. And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years uh, for Rachel thy younger daughter. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him but a few days for uh, the love he had to her. Now then, we find that, uh, first of all, that Jacob makes a deal, so to speak, for Rachel. And he works seven years to win Rachel. And then Laban deceives him and gives Leah to, to Jacob instead of Rachel. And Jacob works another seven years to win Rachel. By the way, he gives them both uh, to uh, Jacob before the seven years is up. He deceives Jacob and gives Leah to, 
to him, then he gives him uh, also Rachel, but he still has to work and fulfill another seven years of labor to win Rachel. And then we find that after this, these two wives are given to Jacob, one by deceit, of course. The two wives of Jacob have a rivalry between them to see who can have the most children. And in the last part of the 29th chapter, in verse 30, it says, He went in also unto Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah, and served with uh, him yet seven other years. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So you have Leah able to bear children, and Rachel was not. And in verses 32 through 35, we'll find that Leah has four different sons. If you notice verse 32, she called the first one Reuben, and it means uh, see a son. You know, the name she gives is just like uh, it's a little bit of irony. She's saying to, to Rachel, see, I have a son. See a son, Reuben. And the next one, uh, she calls Simeon in verse 33, and that means hearing, God's heard me and gave, has given me this son. And then uh, on down uh, in verse 34, she conceived again, bare a son, and said, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore was his name called Levi. And Levi means joined. And then in verse 35, she conceived again, bare a son, and she said, Now will I praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah and left bearing. Judah means praise. She had one son, see a son, Reuben. Next one, hearing, Simeon. The next one, Levi, means join. My husband will be joined unto me. And Judah means praise. She praised the Lord for having all these, these sons. And chapter 30, verse 1 says, When Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, Give me children or else I die. Now then, of course, she was barren. And Jacob says, This can't be my fault that you can have no children. And, of course, uh, uh, Rachel, she tries to connive around, and she gives uh, Jacob uh, Bilhah, her handmaid, to wife. And by Bilhah, uh, there's a son born in verse 6 that's called Dan, means judging. And then, again, another son, Naphtali, in verse 8, which means my wrestlings, or wrestling. It means wrestlings of God. And then, so Leah gets jealous again, and she gives... Jacob Zilpha, her maid. Of course, she has other sons. There's one that's called Gad, means a troop or a company. And then she has uh, Asher down in verse 13. Asher means happy. Then you go on down and you find that she has Issachar, a higher name of Issachar, and that's verse 18. And then in verse uh, 19, she has a Zebulun, which means dwelling. Then she has a daughter. And her name is Dinah. It means judgment. By the way, when you read the 34th chapter, you'll see why this happens. Finally, verse 22, God remembered Rachel. And God hearkened to her and opened her womb, and she conceived and bare a son and said, God hath taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. Joseph means adding. And by the way, he did add one more son, and that son was Benjamin, wasn't it? And it's a long time. This is the 11th one of Jacob's uh, children here, sons here, number 11. And this 11th one was born to Rachel, and his name was Joseph. And by the way, almost the rest of the whole book of Genesis is occupied with the life of Joseph. We'll get into that as we kind of progress along, looking through from page to page. But it's a long while before she has her last son, Benjamin. She has one more son. And uh, she says... I'll call him Benona, and uh, 
that means uh, the son of my sorrow. And uh, Jacob says, no, I'll call him Benjamin, the son of my right hand. And so uh, she died in bearing that son, the last of her sons. Find that in the rest of the 30th chapter that uh, Jacob has to make a deal with Laban concerning his cattle and his possessions, and he schemes to increase his herds and at the same time to diminish the herds and flocks of Laban, which he does successfully. And he does all kinds of things to bring this about, and you can read the story of that in the 30th, uh, 30th chapter, the remainder of the 30th chapter. And then we find in chapter 31, chapter 31, if you will, that Jacob is told by the Lord to return to his own country. Look, look at 31 verse 11. The angel spake unto an uh, angel of God spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lift up now thine eyes, and see uh, all the rams which leap upon the cattle, and ring straight, speckled, and grizzled. For I have seen all that Laboth doeth unto thee. I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar, and where thou vowest a vow unto me. Now arise, and get thee out from this land, and return unto the land of thy kindred. In other words, he says, I've prospered you. I've given you an increase of all these cattle, they're all yours, and now I want you to leave. God knew that Jacob was being mistreated. And then so Jacob consults uh, Rachel and Leah. In verse 14 says, Rachel and Leah answered and said unto him, Is there yet any portion or any inheritance for us in our father's house? Are we not counted of him strangers? For he has sold us and hath quite devoured also our money. For all the riches which God hath taken from our father... That is ours and our children's. Now then, whatsoever God has said unto thee, do. So they both agreed to go with Jacob, that it was all right to leave. Then Jacob rose up and said his uh, sons, this is uh, Genesis 31, verse 17, set his sons and his wives upon camels, and he carried away all his cattle and all his goods which he had gotten, the cattle of his getting, which he had gotten in Padanaram, and... Uh, for to go to Isaac, his father, in the land of Canaan. Laban went to shear his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's. And Jacob stole away unawares to Laban, the Syrian, in that he told him not that he fled. And you find the story of how that uh, Laban pursues after Jacob, and he comes uh, up to Jacob, and he says, I want the, the gods, the images, the teraphim that has been stolen. And Jacob didn't know anything about it, and Rachel had them. And she had hidden them in the camel's furniture, and she was seated upon uh, the camel's furniture, and she claimed that uh, the time of the women was upon her. And uh, so the custom of women, and uh, so she begged her father not to have her to move, and therefore uh, he didn't find the images that were, were stolen by Rachel. And Jacob and Laban then make a covenant at Mizpah in the last part of chapter 31. In verse 49 it says, And Mizpah, for he said, The Lord watched between me and thee uh, when we are absent one from another. They finally came to agreements and they made this covenant with one another. In chapter 32, verse 1, Jacob went on his way and the angels of God, and angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahanaim. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau his brother under the land of Seir, the country of Edom. You know, Jacob wants to return, and he's afraid of Esau, because remember, Esau threatened to kill him. In chapter 32, we'll find that Jacob sends his servants with gifts to meet Esau. He says, you go take all these gifts and, and give them to Esau. 
And of course, he connives around and he's certainly afraid of Esau. In the last part of chapter 32, he wrestles with an angel and his name is changed from Jacob to Israel. You remember the story of Jacob wrestling with the angel. In chapter 33, it says, Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, Esau came and with him 400 men. And he divided the children unto Leah and unto Rachel and unto two handmaids. And he put the handmaids and their children foremost and Leah and her children after and Rachel and Joseph hindmost. See, old Jacob had an idea that if he could divide all of his family and all of his possessions and he'd send one of them before and the other one after, that if Esau was mad enough at him to take over one family and, and all of his possessions, he'd have the other one left. They had escaped. His tactics are the same all the way through. Jacob means supplanter. And he uses these tactics all the way through as if God was not on his side. You know, sometimes you and I, we get to doing all kinds of conniving things, thinking we have to do it ourselves, when if we just trust the Lord, he'll do it for us. Had Jacob just been willing to trust God, God was with him and God was prospering his way. And yet we just uh, we get in the same uh, state of affairs that, uh, that Jacob gets into. And when he finally meets Esau and Esau embraces him and kisses him and down in verse nine, it says in 33, verse nine, and Esau said, I have enough, my brother, keep that that thou hast unto thyself. Jacob, I mean, Esau was very gracious. Time had healed all of his hatred for Jacob. Time healed some of the wound. And, you know, in all of this time, finally, uh, all of the things that Jacob feared were just not there. Sometimes we're so afraid that everything won't work out and it will. We just get fearful that it's not going to work out. It can't be. And, and Jacob was so afraid of Esau. And, and look at Esau's manner here. He said, Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep that that thou hast unto thyself. He said, you keep it all. He said, I am more than enough. And there's no mention of how that he uh, was threatening to kill him when he left home. Remember, Esau was after Jacob when he left because of all that had happened. And there's no mention of that. And sometimes we fear things that will never be. You know, David, a man after God's own heart. There's one time that, that David says, I shall one day perish. Now listen carefully. I shall one day perish by the hand of Saul. Well, it never did happen, did it? It never did happen. God was with David. And he saw him through all of the things. And sometimes we fear too many things in life. And, and God's word tells us, fear not, I am with thee. And so uh, Jacob was reconciled to his brother, and a lot of things happened. And then finally Dinah, in chapter 34, uh, the daughter, verse 1, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. She says, I've got to get in high society now. And brother, when she did that, it was a mistake. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, the prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her and defiled her. And the whole story of the 34th chapter is how that Jacob's sons get even with this family because of what they have done to Dinah, the daughter. In chapter 35, it says in verse 1, God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. You know, God says he wants you to go back to Bethel now. You know, I have a message on back to Bethel. This is where Jacob first, he met the Lord, and God says, uh, I'm with you. And Bethel means the house of God. He says, surely the Lord is in this place. Way back earlier, when he fled from, from his uh, father's house. 
And now God says, Jacob, you go back to that place, back to Bethel, back to the house of God, back to the place of fellowship with God. But you know, you can't just abruptly go back without making some things right. And Jacob knew that. And look what he did in verse 2. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments, and let us arise, and go up to Bethel. And I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. You see, first of all, if we're going to return to God, we have to return in repentance, and we have to get away all the idols and the strange gods. And Jacob knew that he was in no condition to have a fellowship with God at Bethel uh, with all of these things remaining. A lot of people want to come back to God and back to Bethel and bring all the garbage with them. God says, no, you've got to leave it behind. Jacob knew that too, didn't he? So we have to put away these idols. Uh, there should be a wonderful lesson in that for us. In verse 4 it says, They gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in the hand and all the earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was... By Shechem. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, which is the land of Canaan, that is Bethel, he and all the people that were with him. And he built there an altar. I want us to notice, I pointed out before the word there, the word there in the Bible. In fact, in the last lesson or two, I want you to read verse 1 and verse 3 and verse uh, 7 and look at the word there. And look at the word there. Now, let's read verse 1. This is Genesis chapter 35. And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go to Bethel, and dwell there, and make there, look at that, an altar unto God. God could have said to Jacob, Arise, and rise, uh, God said unto Jacob, Arise, go to Bethel, and dwell, dwell there, and make an altar unto God. But it's always there, there, that thou appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. In verse uh, uh, 3, let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there. He doesn't say I'll make an altar unto God. They would be at Bethel, wouldn't they? And I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress. Look on down in verse uh, 7. And he built there an altar, and he called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. We find Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, died in verse 8. And if you go on down to about verse 16, they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath. And Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. And it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also came to pass as her soul was in departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoah, but his father called him Benjamin. And Rachel died and was buried in the way of, uh, to Ephraim, which is, uh, which is Bethlehem. So uh, Rachel says Benoah, which means the son of my sorrow, but his father called him Benjamin, which is the son of my right hand. And this is the last one of Jacob's sons that were born. In chapter 36, you have the generations, if you notice verse 1, and we won't read them all because it's the generations of Esau. Now, these are the generations of Esau who is Edom. And you have all the descent of the generations of Esau. And in chapter 37, we get into some interesting things now. Let's drop down to chapter 37. 
And what do we find here? Joseph, his youth, his life in Egypt, reunion with his family. We see him as a boy, and we're going to give you a little more detail as we progress to this portion of the Scripture. Let's read the 37th chapter. It says, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being seventeen years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah, and with the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. Now here we see Joseph, his beloved of his father, his special child, the son of his old age. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. We find not only was Joseph loved of his father, but Joseph was hated by his brethren. You know, this reminds us of Jesus in a sense. Jesus was the only beloved, the beloved son, right? And yet he was hated by his brethren. The Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not. And... Uh, but it says, As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Verse 5 says, And Joseph dreamed a dream, he told, uh, and he told his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and, and also stood upright. A bundle of sheaves, they were binding them out in the field, and as they bind them, his Instead of laying flat on the ground, a bundle of sheaves laying flat on the ground, his arose and stood upright. And it says, And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance. They bowed down to my sheep. He saw this in a dream. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream, and told it his brethren, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more, and behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. Now, who would be the sun and the moon and the eleven stars? That would be the sun would be uh, his father, Jacob, and his wife, and the eleven sons besides himself, his eleven brothers. Father and mother, now look, in verse 10, and he told it his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. He took notice of it. In verse 13, And Israel said to Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said, uh, to him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren, and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent them, uh, he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a certain man found him. Behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? He said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. 
And they said one to another, Behold, our, uh, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him, and cast him into some pit. And we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands, and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him uh, to his father again. Reuben had this idea in his mind that if he could do this, it would appease their uh, scheme, and he could finally deliver Joseph back to his father. Verse 23, It came to pass when Joseph was coming to his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. You know, it reminded me of the fact that Jesus suffered for us and went down into the depths of, of uh, the pit for us, and yet the water would not drown him. In other words, he came up out of the pit. He went into the pit, but he came up out of the pit. The Bible says uh, concerning Jesus, it was not possible that death should hold him. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels, bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let us uh, let uh, not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And, his, and our flesh and his brethren were content. He had to do something to content them. Then there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. And Reuben returned into the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes. He knew he was in trouble. And they took... Uh, uh, and he returned unto his brethren and said, The child is not, and I, whither shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat and killed the kid of the goats and dipped the coat in, in uh, the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought him to their father and said, This have we found. Know not now, I mean, know now, whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it and said, It is my son's coat, an evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without a doubt rent in pieces. You know, when when Jacob saw this coat dipped in blood, this was sufficient evidence that Joseph was gone. Of course, we know that he literally was not. But notice the acceptance of the fact that when you see the blood, that there's perfect acceptance. In uh, verse 34, And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. And the Midianites sold him into, the, into Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's, uh, Pharaoh's and captain of the guard. It came to pass at that time that Judah went down from his brethren and uh, turned in to a certain Adulamite whose name was Hira. We find Judah's marriage in this chapter. We find Judah marries. We find Judah commits a, a terrible sin of adultery. And the whole story, it's a sad story on the page of the book of Genesis. And you know one reason you can rest assured that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, that God's Word tells it just exactly like it is. 
He tells all the good things and he tells how evil and wicked men can be. And Judah, meaning praise, meaning praise. And yet we find that he uh, committed a terrible sin here uh, in the book of Genesis chapter 38. And uh, you can read that chapter in private if you will, please. And you know, when you get over in the book of Matthew chapter 1, the gospel of Matthew, and it tells of the generations, uh, the generation of Jesus Christ, there are four women that are outstanding, and this very incident is brought into the line of the genealogy, the book of generation of Jesus Christ, according to the flesh. Let me read a few verses for you. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. And Judas begat Pharaoh and Zerah of Tamar. This was concerning that adulterous situation. In fact, Tamar was his daughter-in-law, and her husband had died. Judah went in to her, and Pharaoh and Zerah were born to Tamar. And Pharaoh begat Ezram, and Ezram begat Aram, and Aram begat Amenadab, and Amenadab begat Naasson, and Naasson begat Salmon. Now listen, and Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab. Of Rahab. You remember Rahab, don't you? Rahab the harlot. And it says, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. And who was Ruth? She was a Midianite. Moabite. I said Midianites. I mean Moabites. I knew I was making a mistake there somewhere. The Moabites. The Ammonites and the Moabites. Of the sons of uh, Lot, the children of Lot, by his own two daughters. And so Ruth was a Moabitess. I'll try to get it straight now in my mind. And so you have four women here. And then look, in verse 6, it says, And Jesse begat David uh, the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah. That's Bathsheba. So you have four women in the genealogy here of Joseph, in the record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And, of course, this is according to the flesh because as we study them, we'll find that this is literally uh, Joseph's uh, genealogy. Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. That's where you end up. And so we find that these four women were uh, the circumstances surrounding them. And the fact that they're in the lineage here of of Joseph is real... uh, Peculiar, and not only that, it's, there's a great deal of lesson uh, for us in it. I've taught these before, and these four women show us various things. The first one shows us the fact of sin. Judas beget uh, Pharaoh and Zerah of Tamar. This is the fact of sin. You read that 38th chapter of Genesis, what we just skipped over, and it shows you the fact of sin. And then the next one shows us salvation by faith, that is, concerning uh, Rahab. The next one shows us righteousness without uh, the law. That's uh, Ruth. She was declared to be righteous and she could not be by the law and so Boaz had to redeem her. And then we find, and it was her kinsman redeemer, and then we find this concerning Bathsheba that her name is not even mentioned here. It says, David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias and Bathsheba is not even mentioned. That's the one that's uh, in reference and this shows us that where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. God doesn't even mention her name. I'm sure he could have said Bathsheba over here as well as he said Bathsheba back in the Old Testament. But anyway, we find that that's exactly what happened. So God shows us the bad and the good all along the way, doesn't he? If you look in the 39th chapter, we'll continue with the life of Joseph now. 
We find in this chapter that Joseph becomes a servant to the one that has bought him. And Joseph becomes a prosperous servant. And Joseph's master was well pleased with him. We find that Joseph was a very good person and that Joseph was sorely tempted and yet he did not sin. And we'll go ahead with some more things about Joseph. I think there's a wonderful character in the person of Joseph. Look in chapter 39, verse 1 of Genesis. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Just because you're a servant doesn't mean God can't make you to prosper. And here Joseph was. Sold into slavery, sold into bondage, and yet the master of the house saw that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And verse 4 says, And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer of his house. And all that he had, he put into his hand. came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Look at that. Because of Joseph, God blessed this Egyptian's house. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had. Joseph was given charge over everything. He left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not all he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. You see, just because you're poor or just because you're in a bad situation, just because you're in servitude just because the circumstances are not pleasant doesn't mean you can't be the right kind of person. It says Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this uh, house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? See, Joseph knew it was not only a sin against his master, but it was a sin against God. You know, uh, in nowadays, uh, the loose living that we see all around the country, it doesn't make any difference what happens hardly anymore. And probably Joseph, had he yielded to the temptation, would have been nothing thought least of in our modern day just been a common, ordinary uh, situation. But he says it's a sin against God, an adulterer and fornication. The Bible says adulterers and fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. You can rest assured there's going to come a time that he will judge them. It looks like in this day and hour that sin is on the rampage and on the loose, and because God is not doing anything directly, and by the way, I'm not so sure he's not in some ways judging many people because of this, but because many think he's not doing anything directly because of it, they think that it's uh, going to be all right, that everything's okay. The world's just going on in its rosy way, you know. Everything's acceptable. But the Bible tells us that God is going to judge it. I believe he's already judging in our nation, in our people. People go crying around about what all's happening in the world. Well, look what we're bringing upon ourselves. Look what's happening because of our uh, sinfulness and all of these things that are happening and acceptable in the sight of the, the modern world that's a sin in the sight of God. It says, 
and sin against God and sin against God. In this day and hour, we have young people living with one another, even older ones, living with one another, thinking it's perfectly all right. And then something happens. They, I don't know why this happened to me. Just as innocent as they can be, you know, nothing wrong. And they just go on like everything's just rosy. Well, you ought to know what's happening. You ought to know that God's not going to let you get by with it forever. And one of these days, He's, he's going to bring the judgment down. And uh, he, may, he has a long time. He's in no hurry. The Bible says, because sentence... Listen, get this carefully. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, that is, immediately. Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. The natural thinking of the general... Uh, even the religious world, that is, if God was going to do something about what I'm doing, He would have already done it. But God is in no hurry. He has all the time there is. He can either judge you in this life or in the life to come and make sure He will do both. And God is going to judge sin. Verse 10, came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And it came to pass, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. It came to pass, when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. She just lied against Joseph, didn't she? Trying to convince the people it was all Joseph's fault and he was innocent in the whole matter. And she laid up his garment by her unto, until his Lord came uh, home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, Now listen, the Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in to mock me, unto me to mock me. And it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which he spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy, uh, thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. Well, she, he naturally would believe his wife. And Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. I like that word there again. It could have said he was in the prison, but he was there in the prison. Because even there God was with him. Let's read the rest of it. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. See, he had favor in the sight of uh, the one that he was sold into bondage unto, unto uh, his master. And he had favor there and he made him ruler over all his house and everything that he had and made him the overseer of everything. And now when they throw him in prison, is this the end of Joseph? No, not so. You see, the end of you is not till God gets through with you. In fact, when you read the rest of the book of Genesis, we're going to find that a lot of things happen to Joseph that shows us that God is never through with us until he's through. And so you keep on being right and doing right, and God will prosper your way wherever you are and under whatever circumstances you may uh, be facing. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever they did, he was the doer of it. What did I miss? 
Whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. You see, he's still in control because he's in the right place at the right time. You say, well, he was thrown in prison. Yes, but God was with him. See the difference it makes? And whatsoever he did there, whatsoever he did there, look at that verse again. He was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Prosper in the prison house. It doesn't make any difference where you are. If God is with you, he's going to take care of you. And then you find Joseph's dreams in the 40th chapter. Look in the 40th chapter. came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers, these two of his servants. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. Captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them. And they continued a season in ward, and they dreamed a dream, both of them. Each man is dreaming one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray. Joseph was as much as saying, God has the interpretation, but I'm in fellowship with God. That's what he was saying. He wasn't saying that I'm, I'm, I'm a God or anything, but he says, I'm in fellowship with God. They, the interpretations belong to God. And he says, Tell me them, I pray you. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me, and the vine was three branches, and it was as uh, though it budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes, and Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. And I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. There off is 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 there off there off is 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 there off there off is 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 there 